the good doctor is uh, young enough to still relate to that music. Sure, hope so. <laughs> Welcome back. Living the Good Life show live here in beautiful Dallas, Texas. How about those Cowboys? How about them? I don't know why you keep saying that as if we're fans of the Cowboys. I think the doctor might be a Jets or a Giant fan. Sure, or, hope so. Or where did he grow up? We're going <laughs> we're gonna to go live right now. To someone who knows a lot more about what we're about to talk about than we do. And that's why he's our guest, Dr. Dave Langer, on the show with us. Uh, chair of Neurosurgery at Lenox Hill Hospital, talking right there in uh, New York. And it's a pleasure to have you on the show with us. Great to be here, guys. Sorry for the delay. All I good. am a Giants fan. I like Jackson, I like Jackson Brown. So, there you go. Oh, wow, you just made Adam's heart. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Well, two uh, <laughs> uh, let's get started a little bit here. I mean, uh, you know, we're, we're living in an interesting uh, time right now, although it's not really a stranger uh, to the game of football, as we have seen a lot of players deal with uh, head injuries over the many, many years. And it just seems like the spotlight right now is shining on a, a little bit more because of what we have witnessed in the last maybe two or three weeks with Tua as uh, as an example going down twice it's crazy how it happened week after week literally within two weeks um getting cleared and then um and then you know unfortunately he going yeah, down and all another one going down a second Sorry, time it's okay going down a second time and it's just um you know a lot of a lot of a lot of pointing fingers and uh, you know, look at we're not in the locker room, so we don't know what's going on. But it, it's a scary situation that we all witnessed. The trouble is, is uh, it all comes down to money. Bottom line, you know, uh, got my attention, and not just for the, and not just for the NFL, for the player. I mean, there's there's so much. Everyone play, you know, is this higher than thou attitude? You know, this and that. There's no question he shouldn't be playing, but you know, it's it's a, it's not that simple. And that there's some bias and there's some subjectivity to these decisions and. Until we have a scientific way of determining exactly what the injuries, which we don't have, until we know what the true risks are, which we don't, you're going to run this, run this problem because even the players want to play, the owners want the players to play, the public wants the player to play, and the doctors who do this are in this business are often fans or are you know afraid of litigation themselves, and the best of the best don't always you know do these sorts of evaluations. You know the the guys who are actually on the sidelines. So, you know, I think that um, it's a complicated problem. It's a real problem. It's one that I don't, don't think is solvable as long as the, the financial incentives are so great. And that's just the nature of America. We, we do things all the time like this that are, you know, not necessarily in our interest based on the fact that we might make more money. And that's just business. And that's, that's the way it is. Well, I'm thinking about... I hate to be a nihilist. I'm thinking about all the kids and all the grandchildren of uh, all the parents out there with regards to... Uh, you know, pop uh, Warner football uh, before they even get to uh, the high school level. Uh, what what is it? Each man and woman for himself to choose if they let their kid play football. Look, I think in Texas is football central. You know, I I understand the culture there, and I'm very aware of the. Uh, it's part of the fabric of the state. Um, communities, you know, gather around about this. This is a huge deal, um, and that's uh, part of the what makes it so difficult. On the other hand, I think that the high school level, the pop Warner level, there are bigger changes being made and the way kids tackle for number one, they're teaching kids how to tackle differently. Um, if kid is hurt, they're not congratulating them to get a stinger. You know, in the old days, you know, the tougher you are, 
you know, the coaches are being educated, um, but they're not, they're being, they're not being paid. So, and their, and their, their future is less certain. So and their, their parents have to be concerned about them just going to college. So I think that there's got to be a, the fact that Tua goes back in the game early. I don't think that really changes what's happening to communities because you got to protect the kids. And I also think everybody says, Oh, we have to do this for our children. We do all sorts of weird stuff on the that adults do that we would never want to do for our kids. So I, I don't, that's not a great excuse either because ultimately it's a business and high school football, at least most high school football is not a business in Texas, is. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think that in the end, um, we have to be a little circumspect on who we're criticizing uh, because it's it's pretty complicated. Let me um, kind of bring everyone up to speed who's listening to us around the country. If you wouldn't mind explaining what CT is, is actually, you know, what it is. Actually, how it affects the brain when you get hit. Well, the, the first letter in C, CT is chronic. So the problem with that is this is a... A, a disease that occurs over a lifetime okay and it's really an acceleration of a degenerative process of the brain so we all our brains all you get away this little the brains our brains all degenerate at a, a certain rate um if you look at the average elderly brain uh there's a fair amount of degeneration uh, it's not it's not cte because it doesn't have some of the pathological signature of it which includes certain types of proteins that uh, wind up in the cells, it looks more like Alzheimer's CT or one of the neurodegenerative diseases. And so there's probably a certain a genetic component. There's a there's an environmental component. And so what you have is a susceptibility, I mean, certain people are just born with a susceptibility. It's like not everybody who smokes gets lung cancer. Some people just have better resistance to the cancer agents in cigarettes. And with CT, plus, is, remember, this is a uh, not over a lifetime. It's often over a relatively, you know, 10, 15 year. And it, you know, I don't think that the head injuries that kids are having, they're probably not as, as significant as the, the the energy isn't as great. But you know, any concussion is significant. Um, and every time you even minor head traumas add up. And so we see people who are in the kind of the t- contact positions uh, getting. You don't you, know, you don't see kickers getting CT. You know you don't see uh, as many wide receivers getting CT. The guys getting it tend to be the guys that are taking the multiple hits over years of time. And the second piece is their genetics, that they're more susceptible. Now, you may have a very be highly resistant without a lot of exposure, and you'll get it. You may be very sensitive with a low amount of exposure, you get it. Mm-hmm. And we still don't know how to predict who's who and, and why. And, uh, you know, why some guys go to the end. Look at Joe Namath. Or there's some guys that just never seem to, you know, miss a beat. And then there are other, you know, people that really suffer, you know, Junior Seau or some of these other guys that, you know, this becomes just really becomes symptomatic in their 50s. And so the trouble is, is that these guys are 20 and 30. There's a lot of money on the table. They've got these very short period of time to make the millions of dollars that they do. And they don't want to miss them that opportunity because, you know, if they just put in that extra couple of years, they can pop another five, 10, 20, 30 million dollars. Mm. You know, is it worth taking that risk? That's that's the problem. Mm. And. You know, it's, it's hard to argue. I'm going to take this with salt. I when I'm 65 or then I'm 75. I'd rather have the $100 million when I'm 50. You know, wow. you know, uh, it's it's a tough problem. Let me ask you, and by the way, reminding all of our listeners, we're talking to Dr. David Langer, who not only is the chair of neurosurgery at Lenox Hill Hospital, also vice president of neurosurgery for Northwell Health's 
uh, western region. Um, Probably knows a good corned beef sandwich at <laughs> Katz's. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Well, i got to ask you, um, you know, I was watching uh, the Dodger game the other night, and I was watching Austin Nola, and this he was wearing this helmet. He's the catcher on the Padres, and I don't know if you're familiar with this, but um, a former player created this. It was like a spring effect on his mask, which was the first time I've ever seen anything like that. And yeah, and he got hit literally right in the face. Um, and it, it slow motion. It really took the hit pretty well. Who knows if uh, it helps? Well, I gotta assume it does. I bring that up because, I mean, I don't know how many years it's been, but it's been a long time where you've seen like the the helmets kind of go through this you know, transition every single year. They've got something better to protect, you know, the football players' heads. Um, but it didn't seem like it helped much, uh, you know, for Tua. And I'm like, well, how really effective is this new technology? You know, I don't know. Well, I think of baseball off a of bat. I, I mean, I'm, I, don't, I don't know what the physics is, but I would imagine – the mask is taking a, it's, it's all about the rotational force it's more than just the it's rotation and, and velocity and, um, and weight. There's a lot of, you know, the head and the helmet itself carry weight. And when you see when two went down, not only did he fall, but he, you know, his head snapped backwards. So there's a lot of velocity and there was rotation, you know, and that's the, the, the worst type of injury there. The NFL actually has done a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the head doctor is a, oh, I've, I, his name escapes me, but they've, they study every injury. They take, they evaluate the video. They've, they've done an incredible job of decreasing. Not only have they changed the rules with, you know, the touchback rules and, you know, some of the tackling rules. And they, I think we all get frustrated by some of the rules when one of our, one of the opposing team gets some roughing pass or yeah. illegal tackle. Yeah. You know, you can see that, the, but that's the way to do it. It's that, you know, if the players are going to penalize, you're going to start tackling differently. It's the only way to do it. And I, so I think the NFL's done what they can within reason. But, you know, this goes back to Teddy Roosevelt. If you study the origins of the NFL, you know, Teddy Roosevelt was a huge football player. And back when he was president in the early 1900s, you know, the football was just beginning its ascendancy. Jim Thorpe was playing back then, if you want to, you know, yeah. Carlisle, Pennsylvania. And um, <laughs> there were so many, there were deaths in football. There were people dying, yet the game went on. And Teddy Roosevelt was one who really, they started talking about the helmet you know, for the first time. And they started changing some of the rules about, about the way that the, the players engage one another. So it's been an ongoing thing for now a hundred years and it continues to evolve. The trouble is the players are getting bigger, faster. Yeah. And uh, we're seeing, you know, more and more, you know, opportunities to get injured. And so, but there's no question there are going to be things like two of them are going to just break through this, you know, Swiss cheese of protection. You know, some that, and I think that particular thing has had to do an all likelihood, which is someone who made a decision that just missed it. You know, he either wasn't watching or he was biased or he got bad information. He didn't know. It just is shocking given what you see now of how that could have happened. But despite all the efforts made, this, yeah. this got through and it's, it's, it's a shame. Yeah. And I saw it. Uh, we saw it a week later with uh, the Colts running back, Naeem Hines. And it was like a weird scary situation you know the whole world was witnessing this where you know this kid literally got hit and it was a pretty big tackle and he literally got up and like fell to the ground I mean it was it was scary and you know you don't want your kids watching that and getting all freaked out and turning them away from the game but you know if I asked you if you had a kid 
who really, really, really wanted to play football. I asked like Jim McMahon, who's a friend of ours, who comes on a lot, and he's like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have my kids playing it. I'm like, well, really? Okay, interesting. I've had some football players who come on, like Jerry Rice, and he's like, well, of course, you've seen his son play. So everyone's got their own opinion, but would you, if you had a you know, kid wanting to play football, would you let him play? Yeah, I'd let him play. But I'd make sure the coach was a good coach, and I'd want to make sure that I was watching him and – you know, look, if you have a bad concussion, you get out of the game for a month. And uh, I don't think – look, the number of kids that make the professional right. professional football is just a small fraction or even college for that matter. You know, if my kid was a college football player, I'd want him to be in a good program. I Look, if my kid loved to play – look, I love to ski. I've been skiing my whole life. And I – just past January, I broke my neck. I was quadriplegic for two hours. Ooh, now, wow. luckily for me, I had great – but I'm, I'm going to ski. You know, you can get you can hurt doing a lot of things. And – I think that the um, obviously the repetition of football is what is what really is concerning. But I I truly believe that a lot of the, these the CT cases had to do with practices and the repetitive nature, and they changed that. They have no contact practices now. They're they're they really changing the overall number of incidences, and I think that's going to undoubtedly increase the incidence over time. Okay. And we've learned. I think they're learning the science of this. I'm thinking of Sonny Bono now. Oh, Tahoe. Yeah. Right I mean, into a tree. Yeah. That's right. Everything's dangerous. You're right. You don't see it. You don't see a ton. Given all the kids that play football, the, I don't know how many million kids play football. How many, you know, compared to CT, you see in kids who just played Pop Warner or high school? I mean, maybe it's out there. We, well, what is that number? And then how many people, cases CT do we see from non-professional players, players that never went on to the, the pros? And then, I mean, neither we're not measuring it or it doesn't exist. And I think, you know, the pros are a unique group of people. They're bigger, they're stronger, they've been playing for longer, and then they hit the NFL and they, that's when I think the, you know, the, the shit hits the fan. And so yeah. in, in the end, I think, um, yeah. you know, I, I, those are all the reasons I wouldn't, if my kid was a pro level, then you got to be super careful because, and I think they are. I mean, I think you have to take the precautions and be smart because this could be your career. And that's different than if you're just playing for fun. You know, no doubt about it. If you had any words of advice or wisdom, good, um, good coaching. To, <laughs> besides that, look, I, I think um, if you're a parent, yeah, and especially in Texas where football is a religion, you're not. If your kid wants to play, you got to let him play. Yeah. And what you do is you make sure you're at every game, that you're watching what the coach is doing with his other kids. If a, if you see another kid get hurt and and in a, in a way that's concerned to you, you don't have to be a neurosurgeon to see this, by the way. It is not rocket science. So. Uh, makes sense. Dr. Langer, we appreciate your time and uh, your uh, knowledge on this uh, subject. All right, guys, take it easy. There you go, live with us. Dr. Langer, good insight there, huh? Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. That's some good information there. I didn't know about that. You say Dr. Langer, and I think of a corned beef sandwich at Langer's in Los Angeles. You know, I'm searching for the soul